So this is the first episode of the podcast. I called it Show Me Shit Columbus for a couple of reasons. Primarily because I like Columbus. There are a lot of reasons to like this city. It's not too big, yet there are a lot of things to do here. I mean, like, barring a viral pandemic. Even though I've lived here all of my life, there are a lot of things I still don't know about. Also, the people here in Columbus, or those from here, are by and large pretty cool people. We are exceptionally talented artists, we are gifted musicians, we are entrepreneurs and creators, and all of us have a story. I wanted to find a place where my friends could tell these stories. This is a podcast about you showing me what it is that you do, because we all know that it is interesting as fuck. So as long as we have listeners and you are willing to show me shit, then the doors will remain open. Okay, we got Ty Bauer from TB Visual Effects, creator of animatronics, character design, and fabrication of such, as well as experience in set design. Company motto, quote, imagination equals creation. It's just that simple, unquote. (laughs) TB Visual Effects have grown from a basement shop to a three-car garage to the current facility, which is in... Delaware? Now it's in Sunbury. Yeah, we've, we've moved a little bit bigger. He has worked on films such as Chuck Russell's 2016 film, I Am Wrath, starring Christopher Maloney, Rebecca DeMornay, and John Travolta. John Travolta. Is that correct? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Did you get to meet him? Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you some more about that. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. You are the first ever guest on Show Me Shit Columbus, where I have a chat with creators Innovators, artists, entrepreneurs, and influencers, and generally all-around positive people. Uh, how are you, Ty Bauer? I'm good. Good. Is I'm it? Sick. It's Bauer, right? It's Bauer. Bauer. Yeah. Okay. What exactly do you do? Well, I build robots. That's basically what we do. Okay. We're a character building company. We got into a lot of other weird stuff, films and props and crazy stuff. I mean, I've basically just been moving around in the FX world, and now, you know, we've been doing stuff with theme parks, and that's taken a lot of our um, direction over the last few years. I mean, it's kind of evolved. I mean, I always want, I guess it started off as a robot company, but then they were like, hey, can you build these, you know, weapons? Can you build this spaceship? And yeah. <laughs> Not real weapons, right? No. No. <laughs> and how long have you been doing this? Uh 20 years now. 20 years. Yeah, I mean, as long um, as I've known you. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been about 20 years, ever since you graduated college. Yeah. Um, when did you realize that you were like, this was something that you wanted to do? Was it Star Wars? Nope. That's big right now. No, it wasn't Star Wars. No. It was uh, Actually, it was, it was Buck Rogers. Seriously. Buck Rogers. That was probably my, I, one of my favorite show. I was obsessed with Twinkie. Like yeah. I was like, I wanted to build a Twinkie. Yeah, and uh, that was the little. Uh, the, that was the little one. They had the little kid in a suit, but it okay. was it was a robot suit. Because I used to come on and I was like, oh, I was like freaking out to get to the television set to watch. It. I was like, oh, maybe this episode will have Twinkie on it. Yeah. What did you like the um, the redo? 
you know, I don't think I even watched it. I no. mean, like, there's so many redos. Yeah. Sometimes it might spoil it for me. That was like my childhood. Don't don't mess with it. <laughs> yeah. So like, <clears throat> do you have, like does anybody else in your family build? Like, are they in, in, engineers or? Well, it, it so. I was very fortunate, like, um, that I had enough people around me growing up that could actually give me a little bit more insight and influence when I was doing, trying to build stuff in my dad's garage. Yeah. Um, my grandfather was a diesel mechanic and a machinist uh-huh. and my other grandfather was, a used to repair, um, televisions, test tube televisions, the old radio tubes. Yeah. He had a repair shop and my dad learned a lot from him. So my dad had a lot of the electrical stuff. He went on to, you know, design some theaters, some studios, some recording studios. Um, so I had those people around me. So when I said, hey, I want to build a robot, they were like, well, you're probably going to need this, and you you might need this. So there was like a whole period of time where it was like, as soon as they got home from work, I'm like calling them up on the phone saying, hey, how do I do this? <laughs> so, yeah, I always had a, always had a passion for it, and I was always hitting them up. And they were always basically – um, showing me new things. So it was a real, like me doing it was like a learning experience to learn how to use tools and learn how things work. So when you were in high school, um, did you like investigate to see if there were colleges around that would? Well, it was weird. Cause like I, uh, you know, I was building robots and all kinds of weird stuff. But by the time I got to college, that's when like it became more than one of those things. I found out that Twinkie was, you know, a kid in a, you know, kid in a robot suit. Right. But I was like even mesmerized by like building a robot. I was like, I want to build a robot. But then it's Twinkie in a suit. I'm like, well, that's cool because I was totally fooled that there was like a robot, a real robot. Ro- real robot. Yeah. So then I was like, I like the idea of just the effects. Yeah. Well, that was like the same thing with like C3PO. Yeah. It was a person. Yeah, so it was like, you know, then I was like... Right? It wasn't it a, per- it was a it person. It was a person, yeah. So then I was just like, I got into, like, movie effects. And I was, like, all into making props and making different kinds of, you know, uh, puppet rigs. And, yeah, it just became this thing that robots were way too complicated. And maybe the programming or everything kind of dumbfounded me that I <laughs> was like, I can make one and I can make it look like it's real. And... uh yeah, so when I got ready to go into college and such, I was already, like, I was more wrapped up in, like, the art. Yeah. And I was hoping that I could find something that would, like, bridge the gap. But I was like, you know, I really had to be a good artist and a good mechanic and a good um, electronics person. I kind of had to compass it all together. But, you know, if you make something that doesn't look good, you're never going to be able to make it with any of the other ones either. Right. So I was like, I took a commercial idea to it. So you went to CCAD? I went to CCAD, but before that, in high school, I was going to vocational. So I went to Fort Hayes, and I took commercial art there. That's where I know you from. That's where I originally know you from. Okay. Fort Hayes. Yeah. So I was in the commercial art, and I was learning the graphic design. And that was always one of the things, too. It was this instilling thing. If all else fails, okay, well, I can do ads. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You can get a job, you know. Right. So then I, so that was like the goal. The goal was like to go from that into school and get like a, a, a course, take a course in commercial art and do that. 
And then there was like, then once you like, once you go to look at college things, you're like, you could do this, you mm-hmm. could do that, you yeah. could do this. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to do, I want to do all of this. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I have to pick one, really? Right. Do I have to pick one? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, the idea was to be um, more commercialized. So when did the, um, the robot idea, the light bulb go bling? Well, you know, the light bulb... Everything was kind of gelling together. I don't. I think probably um, I went when I went to CCAD. Um, I had already been building all these weird um, puppets and animatronics. I was already mm-hmm. starting to build like animated um, characters. Do you, do you do you remember your first one? Yeah, my well, my first actual robot was. Uh, it was made out of like ping pong balls, and I think it had my grandfather's like old teeth molds in it. <laughs> I mean, but it, I mean, but I was, I was, I was, there's some pictures somewhere floating around of it, but that was probably one of the first, and it, it could move its eyes and open its mouth, and that was in. I was, I want to say maybe I was like eight, maybe ten, ten years old. When oh I was wow! So you knew like a long time ago, like early on, that this was something. Oh, I was putting some stuff together. I mean, like even when I was younger than that, I was duct taping things together, and it was yeah. My mom was just like, Dad was losing tools, and Mom was losing you know, her bowls and dishes. Like <laughs> <'cause> that's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, but I don't the the light bulb. I mean. I think the light bulb was like later on, like when I went to CCAD, a lot of the guys <clears> that I met at Fort Hayes, the um, Charlie Callahan and a couple mm-hmm. other, those guys were really, really good artists. And uh, I, I kind of thought that, I mean, I just, I need to get to do, know them and know how to do what they do. And uh, when I got on to, went on to college, they got into a class that was dimensional illustration with a teacher named Mark Hazerig. And uh, they had known what I was doing when I was in high school. Do you still know if he's around? No, mm-hmm. Hazerig passed away a couple, oh, okay. a couple, couple years ago. Um, but, yeah, he, he, found, he found me. Basically, he was like, like go find this guy. I know he goes to CC. He goes here. Find him. And obviously, I was in a class, and one of my friends met me outside, and he goes, this teacher wants to meet you, and he wants to, he wants to see what you got. Oh, wow. So here I bought all these, like, puppets and these maquettes and stuff that I built. And he was just like. So did he ever see stuff that you had built later on down down oh, yeah, in yeah. your career? Yeah, he did. It, but this was like, I just, I was trying to remember this because you were talking about interviewing me. But I was like, yeah. you know, I remember uh, I brought all the stuff in. I was sitting there in front of him. He's just looking at it. He, I could just see it in his eyes. He's like working the little puppets and the things were moving in. He goes, well, how bad do you want to do this? And I think, like, right then I was like, bad. Yeah. I've been doing this. Yeah, I'm this standing is, right I'm here. I'm standing right here. I want to do this. And he goes, he goes, you got a job. And he's like, he's like, I want you to come in here, you know, this day, this day, this day. And so I got a paying job to teach kids how to do what, what I what I was doing with yeah. these characters and stuff like that, and it was what kind of like was, what kind of kids were they like? It's college. Oh, so damn. I so I was like a, I was like a student assistant, and so I got into like not only was I doing it and learning it, but I was teaching it. Yeah, which made like me grasp it like a lot quicker because I was getting a lot more. How time. many? So it was just full classrooms. 
yeah. of, of puppetry, right? Yeah, we were doing all kinds of stuff. We were doing masks. Um, like molding and, yeah, and um, with latex. Yeah, and what was crazy is like <clears throat> he's were kind of lost control of me and Chuck because mm-hmm. like when we would do end-of-the-year projects, yeah, I was making molds that were like the size of this desk. I right. was making giant figures. Yeah. He was making giant figure, figures. And Hazer was just like, we've never made anything like this. We've never made something this big before. Yeah. <laughs> but we were like, well, we can do it. I know how to do it. How long did you do that? Um, I did that all through. Um, I started my sophomore year because mm-hmm. it was the end of my freshman year that they got a hold of me. And I didn't start until sophomore. So, so that was 94, 95? Yeah, yeah. So I did it for like the three years that I was there. And you were making money. Yeah, while you were... and I got the, the the materials. I mean, I got all the lab and I got all the materials to like build the stuff. Yeah, it was like it was so you were like, taking it, advantage it, of it. Yeah, well, no, I was like <clears throat> kind of, but it was like at the same time, it was like open the door, like oh my gosh, you know, that's they, cool. I never knew that. Yeah, it gave me the like the the, and I had the keys to the lab. You know, like I, if I had to go in there and work a late night, I could go in there and work, and you know, so it was it was great. It was a so. When you graduated, how long did it take? Because you were already on your path to doing animatronics. and Right. So during this whole thing, like when you start building stuff like this, people were seeing it. People were seeing the shows. So I actually got jobs while I was still in, still in college. Mm-hmm. Like people were seeking us out. And Promo West came out. You what know. did you do for Promo West? So you remember Wyandotte Lake? Yes. Yeah. So we did we did the Halloween, the zoo amusement park. The zoo. Amusement. So it was just after the zoo amusement park. Yeah. So we we were we were doing the Halloween stuff, and at that time there really wasn't there was like this market to like sell Halloween like masks and monsters and stuff, but it really wasn't that big. Yeah. And Promo West and Hazerig got together and like we're going to do this Hollow Scream. Which we were actually going to, you know what the original name was going to be? What? We were going to call it Dead Puppies. <laughs> like, we were going to call the company, like, Dead Puppies. Yeah. Give you Hollow Scream. <laughs> and we were like, no, we're not going to. It's just a little too dark. Right. But it, we, we did the show. I would have probably checked it out. <laughs> well, like, now, like, you know, right, there's, no, the, I got the, you. there's no buffer anymore. Like, they, they do, they have all kinds of haunted hoochie. I mean, I would have never thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so we we did. We I started getting into that, and we they ended up taking that whole thing and making it into a retail um, thing, and they sold everything. Like yeah. we got halfway through the show, like, and they had a um, Transworld show, mm-hmm. and uh, I just remember the, they they came back, and he's like, "Well, we're gonna have to work a little bit harder," and I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "Well, all the stuff that they took." I was like, "Yeah," and he goes, "It's gone." We have to do it all because it's been sold. And I was just like, that's when I was sitting there going, wow, there's, there's a, a market for it. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not, it's not as strong as it is now because everybody's in it. But at the time, that was like – so it was just an experience to know that like, yeah, you can really start to make some money at this. And, you, you know, because I, I was always thinking that I'd have to run out to California or I'd have to go somewhere to, like, get into the movie industry. And there was always, like, an idea that I would do that. So why have you not done that? Well, I did go to California. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I tried to get in there. And that's a little bit harder. I think it's it's changed for me now, obviously. But um, I think at the time, I was still a little naive to, 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 to get in there because I basically had to do it for nothing. Yeah. And I couldn't survive out there for nothing. My dad was just like, you know, you got student loans. You 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 need to you, – you can make more money here doing jobs for people that want you, know, you to do this. And you'll get the experience, but you'll also get – you know, some good photos and a better portfolio. Right. So that didn't necessarily, you know, pay out, pay out right off the, right out of the, right out of the gate. <clears throat> How long ago was that? Um, that would have happened probably right when I graduated. Cause then I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to go. Cause yeah. I, I had everything done. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. <clears throat> and I, but look, there's <laughs> <laughs> some couple robot drafts. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't do those. <laughs> yeah, so. But yeah, so it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I ended up staying here, but I did. Um, I did go to Florida, and I did get to work on uh, some Disney stuff, and I did go to work on some MGM stuff, which was good. I mean, that was a really good experience. I probably would have stayed there, but. I was basically hired more for what my sculpting abilities were Mm -hmm. and like the mechanical side and the engineering side of it that, you know, they didn't really want that. They just, you are, you're a good sculptor, molder, just, just let's just build this. So, so when you moved back here and you started working for, uh, yourself, um, what, what was your, your goal? Well, when I moved back, I had been in Florida. I came back. When I came back, I was just like that company that we we had uh, done with the Halloween stuff. They were animating more and more stuff. Like we had started doing some animation stuff, but they were really animating it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to get back to just doing some serious mech building and, and making these things move because I I knew I could do it. So uh, we. Uh, we started, I actually What built, does, like, really animated mean? Well, so, <clears throat> I was like, I'm going to build a full upper body torso. I'm going to build a yeah. person. Right. I was like, I'm going to just do the whole thing. And I'd seen a lot of people who did it, did a lot of research. We finally had, like, you know, growing up as a kid, we didn't have the internet. But now, like, you can find all kinds of stuff on this, you know, in magazines and books. And uh, so I built my first robot in my dad's living room. Like, if you could imagine this, like, right. I didn't have a big space, yeah. but I laid, like, plastic down. My dad had to, I moved his television and his chair so he could see the TV. But, like, next <laughs> to that, I'm, like, building this giant, like, tall robot. With him just chilling there <laughs> watching just TV. Just chilling, just watching, like, you know, ever so often he's like, hey, that looks pretty cool. And I remember, like, the night I, like, plugged it all in and I, like, hit go and this thing just starts moving and swinging his arm. My dad just, like, like mesmerizes, like, he's like, you just did that. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, you need to go into business. You How long did that take? Uh, building that robot. I think it took maybe a, it maybe took about two months, two three months, because I didn't even know like, like the control systems and stuff like that. And really, what was weird is like they had made these things that were ho- Halloween, but they were just like you trip the sensor mm-hmm. and this thing goes. Yeah. And now I was doing something. It was like you edit a whole script. 
Yeah. And these things have to independently move and fire. So. Now, the, those things are made like in mass. You know, you walk into any Halloween store around October and you see those things like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it does the whole thing. But back in back when I was doing this, it was like. It was a new new frontier of it. Yeah. And uh, we didn't actually decide to make the business until actually 9-11. you imagine? I started a business on 9-11. Yeah. So it was like as soon as I got it done, I was ready to just push the button and go. It was like everybody stopped. So <laughs> <clears throat> So it was like actually on that day or around that? I was supposed to – I was going to take it to a <clears throat> trade show mm-hmm. that time, and I was like – thinking people are going to love this you know i did all these corpses i did this giant body this scarecrow that will that can move and yeah then 9 11 hit and i was like nobody's going to want to go anywhere kind of like what we have now it's painted you know right it's like when are you going to come back to that yeah so yeah it was a weird it was a really weird slow start but it did it it did pick up yeah i mean the people now <clears throat> with this thing are starting to come out, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it's even your average Joe, people who two weeks ago were scared shitless to do anything. Now they're starting to come out. Well, like the list is like, don't do this. Oh, you can do this, but then don't do this or don't do this or don't breathe the air. Well, the air's okay, but only if the air is plastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, who knows? Yeah. It's, and then you got like social media where um, you have, it's such a back and forth with what is right. It's like, I'm right about this. I, the doctors are doing this. And then there's got this new person thrown into the mix, this doctor. Um, I actually have it written down somewhere. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um. Let me see. I have some articles. Oh, I was going to bring up some stuff. Judy Mikovits. No, Dr. Judy Mikovits. I don't know anything on Mikovits. Oh, man. This is like... <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Just research that whole thing. You've got people who are throwing down on Facebook. like. Well, you know, it's weird because... <clears throat> they're bringing in Alex Jones. Like, Alex Jones... Uh, is behind this and it's like you know it's well we've always we've always had investment in actually flu viruses so there's like a big medical you know oh yeah right they've got to have research for that so when research goes awry you know right i mean somebody somebody paid for something here so there's going to be somebody linked to something i mean that's that it's just who who was it was it intentional was it you know well, I, I mean, I'm know. not even talking about like that whole thing. There's stuff that's coming out now that's even like this, this like this, these doctors. I'm not going to say those people's names, but there's doctors that are in the forefront of this thing. Like they're male, white hair, older, have been doing this for years, and this is a plan. Like this movie is called Plandemic. You haven't seen that. I started to watch one that was on Netflix that was talking about viruses. Well, that was the pandemic series. Okay. Yeah. I watched part of that, and I was like, after a while, like, <clears throat> I'll watch for like so long, and then I'm like, okay. Well, I, I, I printed up this article, and it's um, Allen Institute's 
Verisci uses AI to fact check scientific claims. So like research is affiliated with the University of Washington and Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence say they developed an AI system, Verisci, that can automatically fact check scientific claims. Ostensibly, the system can not only identify abstracts within studies, support or refute the claims, but can also provide rationales for their predictions in the form of evidence extracted from the abstracts. So basically, this is... um, War games. Pretty much, (laughs) yeah. yeah. I mean, it's saying that like even doctors that... Um, falsify studies. You know, the, you the, know. it's really funny because when you read that, I keep thinking of like war games. And I was talking to somebody about this that he decided that there was no winner because he got really good at tic tac toe. And that was like I don't know if you remember the movie, but it was tic tac toe. Yeah, there was yeah. no, there's no winner. Do you want to play a game? Yeah, I mean, that's what really kind of scares me a little bit. Is like. We don't we don't need like a supercomputer. I mean, it's almost like chess. Well, chess a chess computer would be a perfect one. You know, they've just had that one in <clears throat> China or whatever that they played chess. Right. That's a complicated game. Yeah. And I don't even know if that really works. So, I would hate to put false hope over AI because sometimes. Well, I, just imagine like we have this real. You know, this is debatable, this real live virus that's going around. Um, And the dynamics of it are either everybody's going to die. In the beginning, it was everybody was going to die if you get it. And now it's just like, well, okay, whatever. So this is a a virus that is biological. Mm -hmm. But then just imagine how bad off people would be if it was a virus like a ransomware type thing or like an EMP well, yeah, and the, and the thing is, is <clears throat> when you start looking at the numbers on this, mm-hmm. I mean, we have more people that die of the flu, and we have people that die the, the numbers even in car accidents. Yeah, I mean, if you start taking those numbers and say, well, so many people die every day, but now we're like taking it into, oh, it's COVID nineteen. I mean, there's a lot of people that fall sick and they might get COVID-19 while they're there. Well, now, regardless of what other condition they have, they're going to die of COVID-19. Yeah. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a write-off conglomerative, you know, number. And you go, well, is that really a true number? Or right. Well, I mean, there's – actually, this came up in that in that pandemic film where they actually have uh, one of the doctors in the um, – in Trump's uh, thing, Dr. Burks. Mm -hmm. And she was saying how like when somebody has COVID-19 and they pass away, we classify it as a death from COVID-19. I think that's what she said. I'm not 100%, but that's what I got from this film. And it's like, well, okay. So that the numbers are being skewed. And then you bring in the testing, like, you know, I'm familiar with that. Right. And, So how many people – see, that's where the antibody testing will help out because it will kind of bring back how many people have actually been exposed to it right? versus, you know, like just a small percentage. Because the smaller amount of people who have been 
exposed to it, right. then the deaths are more significant. And I'm not trying to downplay people's lives, but, you know, the numbers, the data, the extrapolation of the data. So, I mean... Well, and the thing is, is yeah, you're gonna you're taking impact, but the truth of it is, we're all going to get it. Probably because they they're already saying it's going to be maybe a year. I mean, they're yeah. moving really fast on it, but I mean, I I, th- I think it'll be less than a year. I think it'll be before the end of this year. Oh. That just because the regulations have been lifted and people are going well, to well, they they already have a treatment for it. Yeah, and they've had pretty good success with it with that malaria drug right. or something. But and I get, I get it. Like, I mean, this is not. I'm not. Resonate, I'm, well, not, the, I'm, not I'm not scientific <clears throat> on it. Yeah. But like from what I read on it, I'm going. You know, there's one person you, that's listening to this right now. Like, oh god, dude, just stop talking about it. Right. Well, anyway, I would say, I'd say, <clears throat> yeah, if you got one big power drug, it's like penicillin, mm-hmm. you know, and antibiotics. If they said, hey, this cures it, and everybody takes it, you know what I mean. Well, what happens when they really get sick? You know, they don't have like the next big drug to give you, so they've got to come up with a way that they, you know, they can work you up to it. Like, well, we'll give you this, and if that doesn't work, then we'll give you this. You know, yeah. right? No, it's 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 crazy, but like the whole thing where I was getting to with that article is like artificial intelligence is going to start. I mean, we already know that certain social media is less controlled by people than it is like for example if i want to put something on uh youtube it goes through an algorithm listens to what i put on there and it'll say this is copywritten you can't right and yeah you go anything you surf it's really amazing how you surf something and you go into facebook and there's like a picture of like all these different ads for all this stuff you're like huh Right. I don't really need the cookies, really. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. In fact, you know, like we can go online right now and there'll be an ad for X Carver because we were talking about that earlier. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> hold on. Uh, when was the last time you went to a drag show? Mr. Bauer. When was the last time you needed a sign carefully crafted? Do you know? Do you, you know what an X Carver is? Yeah. Amavita Designs is your resource for unique pageant wigs, glamorously rhinestoned gowns, and dazzling handcrafted jewelry with assiduous glimmer, carefully created by nationally acclaimed designer and local artist James Duff. Partnered with Central Ohio natives Chris Higgins and Tammy Peak who both add a touch of class to collectible designs and intricate woodcrafts available on Facebook Marketplace. Search Amavita Designs and go to www.amavitadesigns.com. I had to get that out of the way. Ching. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me check. <clears throat> so, we're back. <laughs> You got to go to the restroom or anything? Mm-hmm. I'm good. So there's a <clears throat> a robot spy gorilla records Ugandan gorillas singing and farting. That's pretty crazy. You know, I had an idea a long time ago of doing a fazoo. A what? Yeah. It, you know how many times you go to the zoo and the animals are sleeping? 
Okay. There's and all you can see is just a pile of fur in the corner, and you can see it breathing. I was sitting there going, you know what? Half these animals could be asleep to them somewhere else. They don't even need to be out here. We just need to find a little, put some fur in just a little thing. It just moves there. And you just send one animal out there, and the other animals won't even know, you know, oh, he's yeah. asleep over there. Right. <laughs> Spy pot, pile well, of fur. Half the, time you, half the time you go to the zoo, there's... Uh, you can't find the. You're animal. looking for it. And you go. Oh, I think it's that little. Yeah, see, it's fur. That's just, yeah. So that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I just need just a little little movement there. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Have the. And then you look at the picture and you go, well, this was fun. Well, see, that's something that you could actually do. I mean, that would be probably one of the easiest things that that you could get into right now is just to create just a little piece of a an animal, you know, and then have its hand just raise up or something. And you're like, oh, I just saw its hand. Yeah. And the little kids would be pissing their pants. Well, you know, I I had a couple of people that got mad at me one time because they were I did a well we do animals, and they were like, well that's just horrible because they saw this dog that I did. And they're like, I can't believe you taxidermied a dog. And I was, I was like, I I've ne- I'd never taxidermied. <clears throat> well, how, how did you like? Okay, speaking of that, you can go to TB visualeffects.com and looking some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's one of them is a police dog, a canine. Yeah, we did a we did a canine dog. How do you do the fur for that? Oh, it it takes some time. I mean, that's the other part of it. I um had to learn how to sew. So I do a lot of I have to sew a whole like fur costume for it. So I'll actually pattern it just like anybody would make like a dress kind of pattern. Right. So we do like an undersuit, and then mm-hmm. we do the muscles, and then add a foam, and then we put the fur over it. And I use a lot of different furs. Is um, it foam like that can expand, and retract? And yeah, I use I use a and I um, I know the people that own this place, but NFT National Fiber Tech. Okay. Um, yeah, Kim, Kim and Fred, I've known them for years, and actually Kim um, showed me how to sew this stuff, like because it's it's not really cheap. I mean, it, it's it's pricey. I mean, it can, and that's like the thing that goes on underneath. Yeah, and it'll stretch because all of the fibers are like looped into it. Mm-hmm. So you can do a really really thin fur, and it'll it'll just move and stretch, and it's kind of freaky. But you can also cut it and trim it. But it's really like it's an art. I mean, because you sculpt something, and then you cover it with fur. And then you have to re-sculpt it because yeah. people don't realize how that stuff all like lays down. It'd be like handing somebody a giant teddy bear that, oh, well, there's a real bear in there somewhere. You just got to sculpt it back out of there. <laughs> right. I got you. So, yeah, but the fur, the fur can be pricey. I think the most expensive I had was like $1,000 a yard, maybe 1000 to 2000 So it's already pre-made. It's already pre-made, dyed. and Okay. Yeah, yeah so you got you to gotta have your game plan when you... <laughs> Get into that. <laughs> right, because you don't want any scraps. You don't be... want any scraps. You want to use as much as possible. But, but, yeah, that's how we get a lot of the, like, fake movement and stuff. Yeah. Rather than rather than the stuff you buy at, like, Joanne Fabric. That you... Which do you prefer doing, animals or people? And when I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, um, the, the actual robots, not, like, because I like, I like some of the stuff you also do, um special effects like zombie type you yeah. know dead dead bodies and corpses and stuff like that that doesn't that mostly don't move right or do well, you do those that move also well you know it's weird i haven't 
I haven't I haven't done any of that with the business. It was kind of weird because like I I got out of that mm-hmm. like that was like my early intro to what I I mean I'm a big I'm a huge Frankenstein and zombie fan. Don't get me wrong. You can't be in this industry and not like some of that stuff. Right. Um, but what I do as a marketing thing was I actually do just people and animals. They're harder. Cause like zombies, you can get away with like all half a of, half a head, and half just... a head, and the jerkiness and all that stuff. Yeah. But if you do an animal, or you do a human, you have to be you gotta have, you gotta really it takes a lot more effort, and that was more challenging to me. So I don't know, I, it, it kind of balances. But mm-hmm. animals are kind of fun for me, yeah, because I get the videos of them and I watch them move, and I'm like, okay, so I got to do this, and they can draw it out. Right, so, I've I've seen the uh, lion that you did. Mm-hmm. And um, you have a couple like cats. Mm-hmm. What's, yeah. what's what's the like the funnest one that you the, the one that you got the most out of when you when you were finished with it you're like dag on that looks real or I mean they all look real but that's the best one that I've done so far. Um, man, that's that's tough. Um, I don't know. I, the tech, the cats have been pretty cool. I mean, you saw that picture of that lion. I think that lion, when it was on the walking rig and it actually walked out. Yeah. Wow. I was just like, I was like, man, I was like, that's pretty cool. So you built a lion. I didn't know. I thought it was just like the torso and the... No, it actually, it would walk. It had a walking function. It would walk out of a tent, like it attacked the tent and it'd walk out. So it was, it was insane. Like, I think when I built that one, I was like, yeah, that's... I'm getting, I'm getting past that, like, that uncanny thing that somebody would take a double take. Well, I think that some point, like down the road, I'd like to take um, one of these cameras out and do like yeah, get some should. really good footage of this. Stuff. And, yeah, you should see some of them. Some of the robots we do, we're getting like really, really small. I, I think one of the most fascinating ones was the I did, uh, I did a squirrel a few years back, and that was just to kind of test like how small I could get stuff. Yeah. And that one would actually, it rocked out to um, Firebug by J.D. McPherson. He sung that. <laughs> Who's that? Some, it was a rock group that I liked at the time, but it was like rockabilly. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing came up is uh, I had a client that wanted to do a squirrel rock band. Yeah. And uh, he was all in it, all in it. And then at the last minute, he's like, nah, he goes, I don't want to do a rock band. So I was like, I'm going to do it. And it was a trade show that was leading up to it. So I built the guitar player, I built the drummer. I didn't take the drummer to the show, but I I started building the whole rock band. And the whole time I'm like doing it. they were like, just like little 12-inch. Yeah, they looked like real squirrels, but he had all these movement. He could, you know, and there's a YouTube video probably connected to it. But it, it, but he just totally rocked out. And I was just like, he was so cool because it's so small. Yeah that I could cheat all these like little movements for it that it just looked like yeah and it's crazy because there was like a Pepto commercial that came on that was like around the same time I made that yeah. I was like oh my rock my guitar is so much what's, what's a Pepto commercial it was something where like you open up a fridge and it was like a squirrel drinking the Pepto oh okay and I, I'd seen that and it was, I could tell it was a puppet and I was like man how have I not seen that video that you're that you've made it's on there. It's yeah. Oh, it's go, on your website. It, it's yeah. There's a link to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can check it out. But yeah, so we did. I did the squirrel. TV visual effects. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out a way to like tie all these like because I have all these different characters that I made 
and to go to a show, I like to try and put a theme to it. So um, I made it into like a surf shack slash pet store mm-hmm. was like the theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we had all these guitar players and animals that played. So it was pretty cool. What kind of um, machines do you use to, to make this stuff? Is it like super small? Like you're using... Because a lot of like the squirrels has to be like super small. Oh yeah, I mean, there they are. They there's a lot of like little machine parts, and a lot of people that I keep in contact with, we still do it kind of old school. Sometimes we'll be using like a you know, a table saw and cut little pieces, or we'll be using a you know band saw and cut the little pieces out. But I have like a tabletop machining, an upright press, yeah, um, a lathe, and. Uh, I cut some stuff on the CNC. That's another big thing that I do. Right. We cut a lot of plates and stuff with that, which speeds the time up tremendously. Cause and just... that, yeah, and 3D printing. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, you know, that's been the thing. It's I wish I would have had that, you know, years ago. So when you when you like are designing something, do you have it all designed, ready to go, and then you go to the shop and you do it, or do you just like do it as you go? Well, I used to. I used to just go in and, and wing it. Like I would just go in. And, There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I would go in and I'd look at it, and uh, I would just get some paper up and I would draw it out, and then I'd just start putting pieces together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was starting to see like how like I was running into problems because it's always a fight for space. Yeah. And a lot of these like animatronics that you see, like there's a couple of pictures on the one. You're like, how the hell do you fit all that stuff in there? Well, that can be really, really daunting. Like when you're trying to get some sort of motion in there that you can't fit. Yeah. That's where it becomes the illusion where you're making something move down here, but it's actually making this move up there. So there's like a pre-plotted course. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was cool with when I did it on paper was I had this theory called, I call it the fold theory. Yeah. So you have a simple lever that does this and you put it on translucent paper and then you fold it. Okay. And you go, is that still do it? And you can, I used to even hold up the light table and like look and do it. So that's how I used to do it. Mm-hmm. And there are sometimes I look at it and like I can just draw this out and do it. But um, computers have made it like amazing. So me. do you ever have like you're just chilling on the couch at the house and then you have an idea and you're like, oh, okay. You have your laptop right there and you're like, I need to record this before. Well, or do you shut I, shut off when you leave work and you're done? No, I, I, you know, any person that does this, they have all these crazy sketches and stuff. Yeah. Um, I've gotten pretty good at just um, using SolidWorks and um, using a lot of what um, is that? It's a it's a CAD program okay. and drawing in CAD. But there's also a couple of other programs I have that are like show linkages and stuff. So mm-hmm. if I think of something, I can just go in there and like add all the parts. And then run it and run a couple cycles on it. Okay. And it'll have all the dimensions and all the bearings and everything I want in it. It's not a, it's basically like an animated line drawing, mm-hmm. but you can see everything moving. Okay. And I'll be like, that's it. Cause I can like see that being the animal and I can see that having the. So move. it's kind of like a template. Yeah. It kind of okay. sets a template for it. And then, um, it's weird. I've gotten like really like computerized at this whole thing now. So like even, I'll take that drawing that I did and I'll sculpt the the character itself and then I'll 3D scan it or I'll actually draw the character in the computer 
all together. And then I'll take that sketch and I'll lay it inside of it. And I can see it inside of it. And I'll literally plot out, you know, how the pieces go together. It gave me a lot more freedom, you know, because when I was winging it and just going into it, yeah. sometimes I've been like, if I could just start over and done this right, here yeah. and there. I bet you that was painful back in the day it was because you'd be like oh if i just and sometimes i just go back and like i would ditch it and start over but now i can like build them and watch it fluidly move and i'm like man that's cool and if i just move that about a 16th look at that yeah so yeah it's made it um more organic i think and not so um locked in the mechanics of it Right. This has become something like it's liquid until I, you know, lock it down and make the parts <clears throat> on the computer that I can play with it. So, like, now, are, are, do you work um, per, like, job? Are you hired to do jobs or you just do something and sell it? Like, what is your business model right now? Well, the business model is out the door right now. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, in the perfect world, which is, <laughs> yeah. Um, right now it's more, I, um, I'm making my own product. I think is what it, what I going out and, and doing the job by job mm-hmm. wasn't, I mean, we, I still will do things here and there, mm-hmm. you know, I'll take them on, Yeah. but I'm seeing more and more people in the market. They just want this and mm-hmm. they just want that. Like what's this? Well, like they want a bird that flaps its wings and turns its head and does that. Well, I've built a bird that I can put that in it or I don't put it in there. It'll do it all. That frame will do whatever it wants to do to make that bird move. Yeah. You want its wings to flap and a month later you want a tail to move, we'll put it on there. Yeah. So I'm kind of like making these like unibody constructions so that I'm I'm more I'm more streamlined. Yeah. So that the only jobs that I really have to think about is if somebody says, "Hey, I want to do this five foot tall alien, you know, that looks like this." Then I'm, you know what I mean. That's. Do you ever get contacted still for like doing films or is that kind of? Um. So I remember you said that one time that we were talking and you were kind of like thinking that you weren't really interested in that anymore. Well, there's not that much. Ohio is kind of weird mm-hmm. with the film. It's like I already have like if the opportunity is there, if the opportunity is there, yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely consider go back it. Consider it, yeah. you know. And I've thought about doing, you know, some movies out abroad mm-hmm. and maybe trying to do some stuff like that. And yeah. We did, com- we did a couple commercials too that we got into. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the door's always open. I mean, if the price is right, yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll give it, we'll give it, <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a go. I mean. We're definitely set up that we could. If uh, it's worth your while. If it's worth my while. Um, yeah, it's definitely a different experience. Movies are like, I mean, <laughs> a lot different than, you know, building something and putting it into a fun house or putting it into a dark ride. I mean, it, it, there's a lot more, there's a lot more stuff you can get away with, you know, <laughs> like as opposed to like plugging it in and walking away. <laughs> so like when you did what's I, I've never even, I'm sorry, dude, but I never even saw I am wrath starring Christopher Maloney, Rebecca De Mornay and John Travolta. Yeah. What did, what did you do? I, I remember so, you said you did like, uh, the windows or something. So I'm going to give a shout out. That was, uh, my buddy, Ben Maurer. Okay. He, uh, 
he hooked me up with this, and he has a company called um, If Pigs Could Fly. I think it's I hope I didn't badger that, but If Pigs Could Fly. But he got involved in this. Um, we had done the movie The Tank before that, and it was a space odyssey movie. Mm-hmm. And we did a giant. Um, this was a I think it was out by New Albany, but we did a whole. Uh, space uh spaceship space modules and all these different capsules and it was a it was an insane movie and we had done that together and we had gotten in with a bunch of the movie people that were doing props and such but we weren't like union people mm-hmm. but like people were like surprised that there was a shop like this in columbus or like I, we can't we didn't even know that there was even special effects or people building robots in, right in columbus yeah so like once they found out what we did and we we got through that job um ben was like hey he's like we we're gonna how about another movie so i was like okay so so he approached he was in the mix he was in the mix and he uh he called me in and we did we did a lot i mean Mm -hmm. it started off as a lot bigger scope of stuff but as the job got faster and faster paced there's only so much that we could take in that it didn't impede on what i already had in my shop (laughs) so they were starting to farm it out to yeah, you know, I, I don't know how many movies you've been around or worked with, or but usually when the schedules start getting really, really crazy, it's a big zero. Well, they well, <clears throat> I'll give you a heads up. They'll start piling it on whatever they can throw at you. It, mm-hmm. it becomes a you have to kind of adapt to. Yeah, well, you have to put the brakes and be like, ah, no, I can't take on this. You know, they got it even as far as like we did one part of this movie, and they were like, hey, can we make this door so it can blow apart with prime accord? And I'm like. <laughs> I am no explosives guy. Right. <laughs> You're like, but but we can do it. Yeah, but we did some we did some weapons and which were like rubber bats. There's this sequence in that film where there's like a bat that he hits and he breaks on the guy. And one is a, a bat with actual bolts in it. And the one he hits him with is actually uh, rubber. Yeah. But I painted it to look just like a wooden one and it was it was insane. What was Travolta like? Well, you know, it's crazy because I went from like Tank was like a, a, a midline movie mm-hmm. to like this was one that actually had like a big star in it. Yeah, and uh, a couple. Yeah, so um, De Mornay. De Mornay. God, she's hot. I mean, I yeah, she's very pretty. Yeah. And, Did you uh, get to meet her? I saw her, but I didn't really get to meet her. Uh, you were too into Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's stories about this, but yeah. I, but okay. yeah. <laughs> so so it, yeah, so it was we <clears throat> shooting that. That was that was there was a couple of scenes. There's a scene in there where he's busting out a wall and pulling out a gun. And yeah, me and him basically built this false wall inside the you and Travolta. No, I mean me and Ben. Sorry. Okay, me and Ben built this fake wall in there, and Travolta was to basically bust this drywall out and pull this thing out. And uh, that was like, I just remember <laughs> when we were getting ready to shoot it, they put so much, this was shot at night, but they put so, they had these giant spotlights that they put into the building, into the room, that it looked like daytime. Yeah. But it's like one o'clock in the morning. And uh, the stunt guy comes in here, he goes, well, how much did you score the back of that drywall? Cause you gotta punch it, right? And I like looked at Ben. I was like, Ben, how did you score it? So like literally at like one o'clock in the morning, we're out there. We build test walls, and he scored it just the same way. And so Travolta could come out and 
get a feel for it. And the stunt guy could come out and get a feel for it and hit the wall and not break his hand because now there's this fear to set in there like John Travolta's going to punch this thing and break his hand because he doesn't really know how hard the drywall is. You, right. I yeah, mean, yeah. You, I don't know if you've ever punched drywall, but I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I well, yeah most boys have. <laughs> but yeah, so it was, it was a little, but it, it was interesting. It was an interesting experience. That was actually, and I, that was the nicest porta potty I've ever seen on set ever. It had like, I think it was granite. Was I, it what? Yeah, I was like. Yeah, that, that was that it one. like a little like a U-Haul or something. Yeah, I remember. I was like, I remember turning the band like this is high dollar. It's like I've never seen a porta john that's like got granite countertops in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely and they and they they come around and then they gave us hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, this is definitely great. They're trying to feed us while we're working and running and getting us stuff. I was like, this is this is we, I could get used to this. <laughs> But, right. Well, what what's next on your list of um, jobs? What are you doing now? What's I mean? I know the things are kind of messed up because of the whole yeah Corona virus, but um, some things are put on hold. Yeah. I mean, but some things are going to open back up for yeah. us. Oh um, yeah, definitely. We've got some. I well, my dad's working on some stuff right now, and. In Gatlinburg, uh-huh. that we're gonna get started on here real soon. Does he like do like a lot of marketing or? Yeah, he does. Mo- I mean, I'm kind of uh, not not dead into that mar- that part of the market now. So he's, he's he's trying to score some jobs. Yeah, he's working on doing that, and with the guys that we have in the shop, he's he worked with him to do that. I'm I'm mostly just you know when it comes to sculpting the things mm-hmm. and putting things together, which is eased me a lot to <laughs> but yeah so we've got some stuff like that coming up um and then we've got uh we've got a we have a new website coming up it's a whole new line of products all right it's called tiki tronics tiki tronics it's everything tiki because one of the things we did was like um we did birds yeah and like bird, the parrot or, the parrots yeah. and stuff like that and i've done like talking tiki masks but like the whole like tiki scene has become like a blow up. That is like you know you can buy everything tiki. Seriously. So I'm now basically we're working on building all this cool interactive stuff and robots that that are all tiki related that people can put in their own house. Like right, like their backyard. Their backyard like tiki, party. Yeah, tiki karaoke. I mean, <laughs> is what's the what's the like? Is it? affordable stuff or is it like well that's what that's what i'm trying to do when we were talking you were saying like what is my goal now I, we're starting to make products that will actually just you know you thought about this a long time ago right yeah okay. yeah it was like when i started doing the birds mm-hmm. and then i was telling you did the one guy with the surfer yeah i got all these people that were like yeah we have a surf shop we would love to have this in there and i'm like so you knew like back then you're like there's a market for this because people are crazy about like right Island, island, yeah. and the, and there's a whole market of like getaways. That, yeah, and you see people online all the time. They're like, we went to this place where they're going somewhere hot, where it's tropical. Yeah, it's back back when um, was it like uh, who was it? Was it the Brady Bunch crossed over to like Gilligan's Island or something? I can't remember. Yeah. Was that how it went? Uh, was it Gilligan's Island or was it what? No, was the Brady that? Brady Brady Bunch went to Hawaii. 
I know, but what but he was... Had the, and he had the little, whatever, the little conch, the little tiki conch or whatever. Yeah. Somebody gave me one of those. God, I can't remember. Yeah. So, and I have a fascination with, with, kiki, with the tiki stuff, too. I mean, what was the The kahiki? Remember the kahiki? Yeah. That place was awesome. That was like, you know, happy days meets the Hawaiian tropics. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's a new thing for us. So that'll probably be coming up here in the next, um, probably, probably by the end of the year, that'll be all, all those products will be out there. Yeah. I should have had this up the entire show. Yeah. And, you know, the other side of it is I've been, we've been talking about doing some kits. So is this, is that the machine that you were talking about? The X Carver on steroids yeah that so what we're looking at there that's my 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 pandemic right there so if i was going to be stuck at home building something that that i've been kind of putting the parts together for that so yeah so that's been like my my thing i've been doing that um in between wrangling kids and uh yeah cutting the grass and you know taking walks (laughs) It's kind of crazy because there's a lot of people that I know that are like doing all these like uh, YouTube things of them walking around, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's good that they're like at least talking to somebody <laughs> if it's even on YouTube or, but yeah, I've just been working on doing some modeling and, uh, you know, this has always been a thing too, to maybe do some small little kits. So we might do some. What is this we're looking at now? This is like a sculpture made out of, is that like? Yeah, so I at one point did a bunch of like sea creature guys. And uh, yeah, I do these like midnight crash studies. And I'm, this is like what I put on Facebook. But I do these like nighttime crash studies where I'll just like take the concept and just start blocking it out. And so this is like one that I... I started blocking out, and funny enough, we had, like, on my shelf, I, like, save these little, like, uh, crab things, these crab claws, so that's, I, I was sitting there looking at it, and I was like, I want to put these crab claws on them, so, yeah. What is that we're looking at? We're looking at, uh... So, that there is, <clears throat> I did, that's Nickelodeon. What do you mean, that's Nickelodeon? That was, you're looking at um, Dora the Explorer. Those are those are actual helmets that people wear, and this was for Dora the Explorer. Is this something that we can show? Uh, it's it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is uh this is Dora the Explorer, and uh, we did these um, for a costume company. Um, I can't remember the name of the costume company, but we did this for them. They were. Um, it was in France. So this was um, they. The funny thing about this is that um, I had a uh, a company called Av Stumpful come in. And we did a control system for it, but at the same time, I was making these costumes where the eyes would blink and yeah. people were wearing. Disney was making their uh, their animated uh, Mickey because you know you can see the Mickey's now and their eyes blink and stuff like that. That was the same time period that this was happening. So it was like really kind of weird because when I was buying things yeah. online, a couple of the suppliers were like, it's like, is this Disney? And I'm like, no, this is because t- I was telling them what I was doing. And I yeah. had no idea that Disney was like building this thing and using like the same like control system and, you know. You keep talking. And the same uh, <clears throat> network system that I was using, same board, same power things. It was, 
It's kind of uncanny. But yeah, so we built this, and uh, <laughs> this was in, in France. I don't know anything. I don't speak Fran- French. French. I, I mean, I didn't even hardly get through English. I mean, I'm pretty bad at that. Um, but yeah, so this was all in French. So trying to do the voices and the mouse with the right pronunciation, that was like a real... <laughs> so. So what we're looking at is these two things that are... So the one that's on the closest to you on the far right, Yeah. that's Diego. Okay. And then Dora's on the other side. And then we did Boots. I think his name was Boots. Yeah. And that was like the big purple guy. Okay. We did that one. Um, but yeah, so funny story about this. So we get we send them all the stuff. We send they, they set up the show. And this costume building company, they built the whole what goes around it. The only thing we had to worry about was basically making the moving skins and um, they would fabric cover them and everything. But uh, it went out there and I get this phone call and they're like, yeah, they're out there, they're doing the show. And every so often, you know, the thing just stops, mm-hmm. which is like the one thing you don't want to hear. Like, oh my God, the thing stops. Right. Well, we were using these batteries that were like used for cameras on um, deep sea cameras. And we had a control box like right here and then we had a power box right here <clears throat> but i had no idea like how it was sewn in there and how they were put in there yeah these people were jumping and every time they jumped the computer and the battery were like two bricks like smacking each other right so every time it would like smack it super hard it would just like the computer would just like you know like hitting your computer and it glitches yeah it would stop so i was like watching the video i was like i didn't know no one told me anything about jumping. <laughs> like, put some foam in there. <clears throat> we weren't supposed to jump. <laughs> so, yeah, so they put some foam in there. But I don't even know if the show – I mean, I don't even know how long it went for. Or, but the, this is something that somebody puts on their head. Yeah, so it put, they have a helmet, <clears throat> and they put the helmet on, and then this thing, like, it Velcros on it, and it just kind of sits over their head. Yeah. Um, but the idea was, and you're looking at these eyes that are black, Right. those would be spray painted with the pupil and everything in there. Mm-hmm. So you can't, it would look like just a regular cartoon looking eye. Right. So people can see out of it. And they can see out of it. Yeah. The only other thing that they were saying was that they didn't like the noise because there was a lot of servos and that's always the bad thing. Like you build these, I've built a few other different designs of servo suits. It's a good thing that we're recording this on video. So at some point people can see what we're, I mean, if you, if you, is this on your, is this a photo on your website or I don't even know. You're going to have to put it on there so people can (laughs) see (laughs) without becoming like your Facebook friend. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll put it on. That's what I'll do. I'll, I'll put this on my show's Facebook page and be like, this is what he was. Yeah. I can send you a link to that squirrel too. Oh yeah. I'll put that on there too. Yeah. But yeah, so we've done we've done a couple of different ones. Like and there's been a couple that I've actually uh, revamped too. Um we had some gorillas in the from Gorillas in the Mist. I uh-huh. remember that movie. Yeah. We got a couple of those in there that they wanted to just be able to show how they moved, but they were kind of really butchered. So yeah. somebody's personal like personal prop. This is the first time I ever even looked at a Winston build, which was kind of cool. Okay, is that a person that Stan Winston? Okay, they did they did the grill, so we had that head in there, and uh, it was. I bet you that's scary, even just to look at a, a fake gorilla that close. Well, we had the whole suit. I Karma put these hands on, and the <clears throat> hands were articulated. They did some cool stuff with that, but the whole thing reeked. Oh, it reeked really bad. 
like I didn't know how bad those guys sweat in that thing. Yeah. But I wouldn't put the whole suit on. I mean. Oh wow! So it was an actual suit. It was an actual. I had, I think there was four of them. I had four heads, full suit, mm-hmm. and uh, all the feet and stuff like that. But we made the heads so that they would move, and he could control them, and just to show people how they did what they they were supposed to do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they so. Yeah, that was something. That's when I learned a, a real, real, um, real good trick: cheap vodka in a Mister bottle. That'll kill any bad like bo. Or, oh, really? Yeah, so, yeah. One of my costume friends, well, Kim from National Fiber Tech, she actually was at my shop when I brought those in there, and she's like, "Yeah, just get some. Don't get good vodka. Get cheap vodka." And we sprayed that thing. What's down. the difference? Just money. Don't don't waste good vodka. <laughs> don't waste good vodka. <laughs> All right, you got right there. Yeah, so those those were pretty cool, and they they had a yeah. This is a yeah monsters. Yeah, so there's I've just really like that's the new thing now. Like servos have now really blown up. When I first got into this, servos were only like for movies, mm-hmm. you know. And, and what's make, what's the what's the servo? That's well, where you servo servo is like the little motors, like what you see in your RC planes and cars. Uh huh. But, you know, they were great for movies because they could work for just a few minutes and, you know, you you had to, you know, you had to get through a month's shoot and you could replace them pretty easily. But, like, for theme parks and the stuff that we were doing, those things would just burn up because we're taking this little motor and then we're putting it in a first suit or a big giant rubber jar, you know, and <laughs> they'd overheat and burn out. And So we were doing other things. We were doing pneumatics, a lot of pneumatics. Is it so Which when is you air controlled <clears throat> when you when you're so when your dad or whatever is going out and trying to score jobs or is it difficult for him to do that is it or is it like these things he has leads he, this is coming naturally well I mean he's 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 easing off I mean because he's 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 getting up there so he's not traveling yeah. I mean most of it's just both by phone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the reason why I'm taking on this this role of you know making just a line of products. Oh, okay. And, and maybe just kind of streamlining myself a little bit. Yeah. So that I'm not as eager to go after and get those kinds of things, okay. um, and just start building like more or less the stuff I want to build. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know I wanted to do fortune telling machines, and there was like a bunch of people that made them, but I was like, I want to build my version of that. Right. You know? So there's like lots of ideas for stuff like that, and. You know, with the way things are right now, it might be a good chance to, you know, to start to start building maybe a fortune teller. Who knows? Oh, that, I'd like to see it. <laughs> I mean, I know some people, and I'm sure you do too, that would be able to contribute to, like, to make it more, you know, accurate. Right. Than just the, oh, hi, I am yeah, whatever. Yeah, there's a. I mean, there's a whole other group of people out there. They're all about the coin collector, and coin coin op yeah. systems and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would like maybe do something like that because there's a lot more markets too for like people that, like I said, know what they want and they don't want to buy. A, they don't want to design a whole show for themselves. Yeah. You know, they want something unique. They want something that'll get people's attention, but they don't want to build a stage. They don't want to build a. You know. They just want this one thing here that does this. Because it's always been the thing, like, if you want to entertain people for more than two minutes, yeah, good luck. Right. Because, like, 
kids, you got them for nowadays anyway. Yeah, you got them for like if you don't get them in the first fifteen seconds, you're done. Yeah. And if you can keep them there for the twenty, you might be on to something, you know. Right. So, the smaller the smaller things are probably you know going to be more of a takeoff. Well, that's cool, man. I think we're gonna wrap this up today um <clears throat> is there anything that you've i mean with the pandemic it's probably how you could afford to come out here and talk to me today because no i would i would come out anyway I yeah mean, honestly i i'm i'm out of my I'm, i mean i'm not uncomfortable with going out <laughs> yeah oh okay yeah. well you know that's the thing a lot of my other art friends are like they i don't want to go outside yeah right? it's like come on it's it's as long as you don't, you're not touching other people's stuff and then touching yourself. They feel like a day out, okay. a day out's like a dawn of the dead, you know. It's like, <laughs> you know what? I have these glasses that you put on and you can see where the virus is. It's like, that's what we need. Well, you know, there's a whole market you'd even do like people are going to have cosplay masks now. It's okay to wear a space mask now, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how that, are how are you know? I mean, I think that like. There, things are going to be back to normal before before college football starts. I think that the, I mean the 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 colleges won't be able to continue if they don't have college. I mean, I, something as ridiculous as I mean, it's not ridiculous, but as trivial as college football or arenas. Cities like municipalities like Columbus right. relies on having people in in the stands and yeah. And boots. Can, can you imagine what the stadium looked like? Everybody's got to be eight feet eight feet apart. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I can see them saying, "Okay, we're gonna," but you have to have on a mask. So people have their decked out Ohio State. You know, it's just uh, gonna look like a Buckeye. Yeah, or a Buckeye, <laughs> a, a Brutus, or whatever. Um, so it's well, you know, it's as much as what people are going to take yeah. in the next couple in the next month. We're going to know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, guess what? If people start going outside, more people are going to get sick, and it's how people take that. Right. I mean, but yeah, we're just going to have to. We're going to have to just go out. Yeah. I mean, and I. The other thing is like really weird is like we just brought up coin ops. People aren't going to want to touch anything. Yeah. And like museums are going to have a hard time too because there's all these fob buttons and there's yeah. all you freaking wearing head head headphones. Well, I guess now you can just use your own. So headphones. I had an idea, and this was something really kind of crazy. Like before this, when this pandemic first broke out, I was already like getting hit up. Like I was doing like masks. Everybody was into the mask and I was working with Delaware to do a, um, their emergency people didn't have enough masks. So I was going to make them. Yeah. It's, it's probably on there, but I was working on making the mask. But at the same time, like when I'm thinking, uh, you know, this is going to be, you know, the end of the world. Yeah. I was already talking to people about building a ventilator and I didn't know anything about a ventilator. Yeah. So I was on these chat rooms talking about ventilators and people were like, yeah, deep sea diving, air scrubbers. And we were like, we were serious. I've like, seen, I've seen, I'm on a Facebook page. My cousin's a nurse. And I got this invitation for like this nursing 
Uh-huh. Like, and there's some really innovative people out there. Like this one nurse built a ventilator. Right. Yeah. With the with the squeeze thing. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and I, it was like I was on this chat room with it, and we were talking about deep sea stuff, and uh, it was like a World War II one. Yeah. That we were like, this is a real simple mechanism. Right. And uh, but yeah, there was a lot of people with pushing a lot of innovative ideas, and they were off the wall, but you know they were all had some feasibility to it, and uh, I. When I heard that Dyson yeah. built one, it like a light went off in my head. You know what? Ultraviolet light. And then later I heard something about ultraviolet light. And so I had this like, I had thought in my head, I was like, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. You're going to go, when you go to your seat, you know, you're going to walk through this thing. If you go to get your drink, you're going to walk through this thing and you're going to have ultraviolet light. To get your drink where? Like when you go to get your drinks and stuff like that, that whole counter is going to be ultraviolet. Mm-hmm. So it'll be disinfected. Right. Yeah. But like, man, I was sitting there thinking it could go even farther. When you get on a ride, there could be just a little cover over that, and your hands are getting right ultra. Once you get off the ride, they turn the light on, and then the next person gets on. Yeah. So there's gonna like I was like I was like I wonder if that would work. They put them on your vacuum cleaner. You know, they put it on the top bars of vacuum cleaners. Right. I, once I get this idea, I was like all over Google, like, oh, is anybody doing this? No, yeah. I know what you mean. You know, and then I was like, well, guess what? That'll be the airports too. You know, when you go in the airport, you're going to go through the scanner and then you're walking this thing in this ultraviolet light. Can you imagine if you travel a lot, you might have to wear some sunscreen because you like <laughs> Right. Because you're going to be walking through. Now you're going to go through. Not only are you going to go through. Um, you know, like the X-ray. X-ray. But it's also going to shoot you with a dose of ultraviolet light. Yeah. So I mean, we might come up with some some interesting ways. And that's another thing to lead to, like doing football. You're outside. Yeah. You're outside. Ultraviolet light. Sometimes. You, well, I mean, <laughs> stadiums are going to have a problem. Indoor stadiums. Basketball. But like, basketball. But like maybe OSU the shoe. You know. Well, by the time, you know, you get to basketball season, yeah, it might be under control. You know, who knows? Yeah, well, and a lot of people are trying to figure out ways to do this from at home, you know, watch the game from home. And that's like, I know, it's not, yeah. it's not the same. It's not the same. But, you know, we also have all this VR stuff, too. You know, people might have virtual seats. Well, how are you going to? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you. <laughs> You'll have to have all the each seat have a its own a camera. camera. Yeah, you have, yeah. You put the gear on, and you have a VR seat wherever you want to be. Well, I mean, if you're the sponsor, you would be paying for the. Sure. But they want that money in their pockets to to have a swim team. I think it's kind of cool, even if you can't make the game. We'll have to come back. You have to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe the when you have your. Uh, anniversary show or maybe a little bit before there might be something cool about I just might run out of people that come on so I'll just recycle everything. well you should come out and take some video I will and, and shoot some stuff I will that would make oh yeah we'll you would probably film. shoot better videos than I shoot because I'm like the iPhone I hold it up and hope to god I'm, I don't have my finger on it or there's no smudge on it. yeah <laughs> I mean I need to have a reel for um, the program that I'm trying to get so that would probably help. It's, I'm talking like I've got a year to collect some footage. So 
we'll have to get together and do that. Yeah, I don't think I need an updated library. I don't know how to find it. Yeah. I'm one of those people that it's there, but it's probably marked on a disc and <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming out, man. Yeah, no it's, problem, man. It's, it was the inaugural episode. This is the pilot. This is the first yeah, one. Yeah, I would, I would totally break this on the desk, but it's plastic. I'm so. gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna spend all day tomorrow editing it out and uh, getting rid of all the bad parts. But sounds good. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right. Well, thank you, sir. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Focal Point Podcast for the Focal Point Cinema and Sound Company.